We're about a week removed from Eddie George calling out Tennessee State fans. And this week's attendance have me asking one question. Are we about to have a George versus the fans type of situation? Oh, yeah. It's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU. Your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. going on family welcome back to another episode of the locked on hbcu podcast your number one daily one-stop shop for everything hbcu athletics monday through friday part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and i of course am darian gray aka the mouth of the south texas southern alum and former tsu herald sports editor and current contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Starts with an S, ends with an S. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. PrizePicks.com slash locked on college and use the code locked on college for your first deposit to be matched up to a hundred dollars. Is Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Sports made easy? Now we wrap up today's episode with a conversation about our actual game of the week. We revisit North Carolina Central's victory over Morgan State. Prior to that, we have the FCS All American Midseason. Award, so it's not something official, but we'll get into what Phil Steele says the FCS All-Americans are. But we kick it off with a little bit of a challenge, and I wonder, because this is still a question at this point, if it's going to end up being Eddie George versus the Tennessee State fan base. Now, I'll be very careful to not overreact in this situation. I'll be very careful to give you all of the information, a little bit of my opinion, and allow you to make your own decision. I'm objective in all of these situations. Of course, I have my thoughts on it, but overall, I'm looking at it right down the middle from really a bird's eye point of view because I'm not in Nashville. I'm not a Tennessee State alum. I'm a Texas Southern alum, right? The real TSU. But I can just view it from way back. I have no personal stake in this. For those who don't remember, a week ago, Tennessee State football head coach Eddie George called out Tennessee State fans, and he said basically, and this is just the taglines, but this is all people really cared about. You're not showing up for games that aren't HBCU matchups. You're not staying beyond just halftime, and I don't know if you really love the game of football. He elaborated on those things, but overall, I was – Right there with Coach George. I was right there a week ago. I'm still here right now in the point that I feel like if you're a fan of Tennessee State, you should support this team, especially right now because they have some momentum. But you should support this team, whether they're facing an HBCU opponent or not. I understand that's not really the way that things work. Maybe I'm naive for saying how things should be. But, hey, it is what it is. Now you revisit This same discussion a week later, and you're looking at Tennessee State having their lowest home output as far as attendance goes of the season. I think context matters here, though. I do wonder, I do wonder 
if it's going to be a him versus the fans type of deal where we continue to monitor this all year long. But the context needs to be put in there that, hey, attendance has been down all year. Homecoming in 2023 as opposed to 2022, down 9,000 people. You're looking at the first home game of 23. That was about, that was in the 3,000s. You're looking at this home game. This was in the 2000s. So it's a situation where this week's numbers made me wonder, because I thought maybe Coach George would be able to rally or fans would rally behind Coach George and say, you know what, we do need to support these players. But maybe the opposite will happen. Maybe he alienates some people. Maybe when he says it doesn't need to be the pageantry, he doesn't need or or it doesn't need to be liquor, doesn't need to be food, doesn't need to be a party every time. Maybe when he says those things, this ends up being one of the earlier missteps for Eddie George because he's done a lot of good. He said a lot of good things, but maybe people feel like he's putting his nose up at them. Maybe he feels like he's talking down on the pageantry, on the culture of everything. I don't think that's what he's doing, but maybe people feel that way when he says it doesn't need to be a party every time. And even though, you know, he said so many other things, I could see how people maybe would get offended to it. That's not my point of view on it. That's not the things that I've seen. But if we're talking about games and attendance being based on how much the fan base cares, I highly doubt that they care much about Lincoln, California. Just be real. If I'm supposed to sit here and just accept that a lot of times when you step out of an HBCU conference, your attendance is going to drop because the fans are not going to care as much. If I'm hearing that, and then I look at Lincoln, California, okay, well, that's going to be a very lowly attended game. Cool. Next week is the real challenge because next week you play Lindenwood. And it's not that Lindenwood is a great team, but that's a conference opponent. And you are a team who is having conference championship aspirations. So in that theme, this should be an attended game. This is a game that you should come out to. And we'll see what it's going to be. We'll see if it's a a medium. Maybe it's back in the 3,000. Maybe it's in the 4,000s. Who knows? Maybe you get a 6,000 game because you had, you had one of those last year. But I'll be watching. I will, because then we'll know if his words fell on deaf ears. Then we'll know if the idea that you're supposed to come support this team really meant anything to anybody else. And in in how these words were received, that's important, right? Because I have my own opinion, but I've seen the reaction. I've seen the reception of what Coach George has said. I've seen in my comments as well where I think some people feel like he just needs to understand. And to me, it's like, no, if you love the game, because that's how I come to it. For me, I love the sport of football. Frankly, I do, right? And the band is a bonus to me. If this was basketball, the band isn't going to make me go to the basketball game. I watch football because I love football. I attend these sports or these games because I love football. And then the bonus is the band. That's not my attraction. So I'd be okay. To me, if you support the the sport and you support the team, then you should have a similar mindset. But when I'm looking at the reaction, I'm starting to realize 
that, okay, there's more people than I originally thought that don't think like me. I thought I was in the vast majority and I might still be in the majority, but it's not as wide of a margin as I originally thought that it was. And this is something I had to open my own eyes to. And we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, I try to always understand where people are coming from. So when people are hearing the liquor, the the uh, the the food, the party, I can understand how somebody like, man, you just don't get it. I think he does. I think George does get it. I think George just wants a difference. I think George wants his team to be supported. And I'm okay with that. I side with that. Not everybody does. We'll see though. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Ha- uh, 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 I don't want to say hamper for some reason, but that's not the word I'm looking for. But hone. I don't want to hone in on this any further. When next week rolls around, we'll see what it's going to be. And if it becomes a story, it's a story. But I'm kind of in the mindset of George. Not what he said a week ago. Week ago, but what he said this past weekend. Those who came out were engaged. They were awesome, and they were great. We're going to focus on the guys who are here. And if you play sports, you've heard every coach say that. Now that mindset is headed towards the fans. We're going to focus on the ones who are here. And as we move forward, let's focus on the players who are shining the brightest. There's almost 10 HBCU players who made Phil Steele's FCS mid-season All-American list. Yes, the name of the title of of the team is is a mouthful. But these players do deserve to be highlighted, and we'll do that as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. And if you're a small business owner who has not used LinkedIn, you're failing your business. I'm not going to ask you what you're doing because I'm going to tell you what you're doing. You are failing your business if you're this deep into 2023 and you haven't started using LinkedIn because that's where you find the person who is the perfect fit for your team. That's where you find the person who's going to take all of the stress off of those other you got three people in different departments trying to help in this one department because it's a weak point go to linkedin find one of the 800 million people who are on there on a weekly basis all you have to do is post your job and it's free so there's no risk only reward use the purple hashtag hiring frame and you go to linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college post your job for free get the right person the right fit at the right speed faster than anywhere else as we continue rolling on today's episode of locked on hbcu i appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day and remember friday we all always have our college football kickoff live So we'll have the biggest storylines in all of college football, and they'll be here ready for you to listen to or watch. If you can't catch it live, it'll be on the Locked On HBCU YouTube page, and it'll be on the Locked On HBCU podcast page afterwards. So don't worry if you can't catch it in a moment. It'll be there no matter what. But right now, let's look at some players who are really leaving their mark. Because right now, Tama King, he, or excuse me, Tama King, Tamon Cook is the guy who leads all HBCU representation as far as the FCS midseason All-American list. And I, like I said, it's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. And you know what else is? The list or the, the value and how we explain the value of Cook to North Carolina a Before that, however, I do want to get this out of the way. 
it's four teams. So you have a first team, second team, third team, fourth team, all offense, um, defense, and special teams. Davius Richard did not make this list. Davius Richard should not have made this list if we're going to be honest. Players are out here are out here throwing for a ridiculous amount of yards, and those are the guys who are going to be placed above him. Like that's just what's it going to be. It's not surprising to me because I know what's value, and it's a high level or a high number when it comes to passing yards. Just keeping it real with you, okay? The only reason I'm bringing that up is because he's a quarterback. And when you have a quarterback, a lot of times they're the, the topic of discussion at the start of it. So let's go ahead and nip that in the bud now. So as we move from Richard, we now turn our attention to Taymon Cook. And Cook is arguably the best kick returner in the nation. And he's the only first team All-American on this midseason list from an HBCU. The North Carolina a kickoff returner, he's the number one kick returner as far as yards per return. He has the most yards on kickoff returns total. And then also, he's one of only three players this season to have multiple kickoff returns for a touchdown. But sometimes I feel like only speaking about the stats and the, the, the numbers as a broad view, that's not enough. Because when you really look at the value of Cook, forget the off, the preseason All-American or the midseason, forget all of these accolades that you could accumulate at this point. Let's strictly look at the value that Cook brings to North Carolina a this year, all season, the Aggies have six offensive touchdowns. Cook has three by himself. Not three of the six, but he has three by himself. There's only one other player on that team that has three touchdowns, and that's Kevin White, a quarterback. This quarterback, A, he's a quarterback, right? So we know he's going to touch the ball more, but let's actually put the number to it. White has touched the ball over 100 times and has three touchdowns on the year. Cook has touched the ball 11 times on kickoff returns and has three touchdowns on the year. When you look at what he's been able to do as a weapon for this team, he just tied the career record for most kickoff returns in Aggie history at number four or with four of them. You're looking at he's one away from tying the single season record, which will be four. And if he is able to tie that record, he would then stand alone as having the most kickoff returns in a career for North Carolina a a dynamic player who has really cemented himself as a legendary Aggie. But let's go, because you still have, on the second team, you have Mikey Victor from Alabama State, the defensive back. Then on the third team and the fourth team, that's where you have the most representation. First and second team have one player apiece. Third and fourth team have three players apiece. On the third team, you have an offensive guy, Torricelli Simpkins out of North Carolina Central. You have a defensive guy, Colton Adams out of Alabama State. Then you have a special teamer, which is Terrell Gardner from Alabama A&M. Then on the fourth team, you have all defensive. Jordan Tolles, Michigan State. I almost said Michigan State. I put MSU. Morgan State. Jacob Williams, Texas Southern. Then you also have Anthony Dunn, FAMU. Now, I'll look at this way. When it comes to Tolles and it comes to Victor at the defensive back position, sometimes it can be a little bit more difficult to qualify and quantify what they do because numbers aren't enough for them. You really got to watch. Like, you look at Victor. Victor has a bunch of pass breakups, but he doesn't have many interceptions. Okay. And then you just look at coverage because that's one of the, to me, to me, I always kind of laugh when people say certain things about defensive backs because I'm like, 
If you're really just watching a television copy, you have no idea. You have the slightest idea of what a victor is doing. You have slightly, you have very little idea of what a tolls is doing because you don't get to see them a lot. That's just true. You don't get to see them in action. So I think a lot of film has to be watched to look at this. Um, but overall, when you look at past breakups, which include deflections and interceptions on the or passes defense, which includes past breakups and then also interceptions on the SWAC website, you have you have Victor, who's number one. But that's mostly because of all of the breakups he had. Then you also have Tolls, who has the most interceptions in the MEAC. Those are two of the, the stats I can throw out there that are, you know, stats that do show a little bit of what they're good at. But overall, I think that this, this is going to be Colton Adams. It's going to be Colton Adams as a swag defensive player of the year if things keep going that way because they'll value his ridiculous amounts of tackles probably more than the pass breakups from Victor. That's what I think is going to happen. And Alabama State has two players, both defensive players, who made this list. So I think that's really good as well. You have Adams, and you also have Victor, both out of the Alabama State Hornets. Shout out, shout out my guy, um, Jacob Williams, TSU, man. I love seeing you fly around. He's racked up a bunch of tackles. He has the most tackles for a loss in the conference. You know, he also has five and a half sacks. Like, this guy has been a baller. Anthony Dunn has the most uh, sacks in the swag. These are two players who I was just able to watch, and I'm impressed. I like them both 100%. And I like the athleticism of Williams. And when I'm looking at Dunn specifically, you see the speed, the twitchiness, and you see the 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 difference between him and his running mate. They were talking about that at FAMU. This was this was a really good couple of lists or a couple of players who made the list. And to me, the value in this is knowing where people are viewed, what they have done, because seven weeks through the season, who are people saying are the best players? Now you can kind of get an idea. So I love that, and I want to bring that to you. Now, as we move forward, I'm look at North Carolina Central because North Carolina Central, they just got a tough win versus um, versus Morgan State. And one would argue that this was an actually a pretty good win for them and something I was happy to see them go through, and we'll look at that as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, and Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Now, if you would have put some money down and had a Dolores Garcia on your Prize Picks, you might have been able to have some. But here's the 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 blueprint, the layout. You get two to six players. You get two to six players, and you pick if they're going to have more or if they're going to have less than whatever the projection is. Maybe it's thirty and a half receiving yards. Are they going to have more? Or are they going to have less? And if they do, if somebody is injured, you will get that that money back. You don't have to worry about it. And that's actually one of my favorite things, excuse me, is that you do get money back in those type of situations. And it was just funny because I had a friend who, B. John Robinson, he didn't play. He had or he played, but he only had one touch all game. So he lost his money. And it was crazy, especially with the game that Addison had just last night. But if you want to have those experiences for yourself, hopefully more successful, Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college, then use the code locked on college and you'll get a hundred dollars or you get your first deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. 
I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment three. And I thank you two times for that. And also, you know, I'm looking at North Carolina Central and I didn't want to say this immediately because, you know, kind of gives off this 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 feeling of a moral victory. And you actually did win the game, but it's like, okay, it's kind of sappy. But I actually liked the way the North Carolina Central won that game. I did. And it wasn't it wasn't pretty. It didn't look good. But sometimes ugly wins are good for you. I saved this. I said, you know what? We're gonna sit here. We're gonna we're gonna live through the weekend. We're gonna watch other games. We're gonna go watch the Rattlers and the Tigers face off in Houston. Like we're gonna go do all of these things and then we'll return. And we'll see if Darian, do you still feel that way? Darian still feels that way. Because it was a tough one. It was definitely a tough one. And in the first half, everything looked bad. I'm not going to give the defense too much credit for holding Morgan State because Morgan State's offense, just not that good. Like They're just not that good. However, their defense is elite. And the defense is a reason that they can beat anybody because they can do that to anybody. 16-10 was the final score. And if you would have told Morgan State fans, hey, it's a 16-10 game, you probably take that any day of the week because you know you could have been the 16. You might have felt like, eh, we're probably more likely to 10. But that's the type of game that you wanted. I said, hey, North Carolina a put some points up. Don't allow this to be a defensive matchup. And yet and still, it was a defensive matchup. So you kind of met Morgan State with where they wanted to take the game, and you still were able to come out victorious. You have to be able to win in different ways. I'm not going to champion this defensive performance because it was good. I do pat them on the back. I do credit them. But I'm not about to champion it because I just don't think Morgan State's offense is that formidable, to be honest. But overall, you did what you were supposed to do. And then in the second half, as an offense, you did what you were supposed to do. You're not going to play many games like this. You better not because I don't think you'll have many offenses that you're able to keep to 10 points on a regular basis. But Morgan State has one of those type of defenses that does give you some trouble. In the second half, you only punt it one time. In the second half, you have multiple drives. The majority of your drives in the second half were longer than your longest drive in the first half. You were no motion. And you know what? I'll tell you this. I think Davis Richard played better than the stat line suggested. I thought that he didn't get a lot of help from his receivers. And there were some passes that weren't easy passes, but there were some passes that they definitely should have caught. A few of them. Some of them were right there. And then some of the other ones, you had to strain a little bit. Not even strain. You had to adjust a little bit, but they were in your hands. There, there was more times where I'm like, man, you're supposed to catch that. You got to catch that. You got to catch that. You got to catch that. That's how I felt a couple of times when watching the game. But you know what? That's cool because I expect those wide receivers to make those plays. I don't expect Davies Richard and Mookie Collier to both be shut down in the same game in the way that they were too often. But sometimes winning ugly is necessary, especially when you're the defending champions. Because I was just talking to my dad, my high school, they just beat a team 90 to nothing. Ridiculous. They shouldn't even be playing each other. And I understand high school football is a little bit different, but you shouldn't even be playing a team that you can beat 90 to zero. I don't even know if that team that has zero points should be playing football, period. But you shouldn't be playing a team that you can beat 90 to zero. But the point was in our conversation 
is that you need tougher games to prepare you for the playoffs. You need tougher games so that everything isn't just fine and dandy. Everything isn't just easy. This is the perfect type of game to have before you play South Carolina State. There's no reason that the the Eagles, the North Carolina Central Eagles, should be going in there feeling themselves or feeling like they're untouchable because they were very touchable. They got touched on last Thursday. Now, this Thursday, they got to go up against a team that has touched them before. It's just that simple. So I think that this actually might have been the perfect timing and the perfect style of game for them to have before going in to face South Carolina State. It should light something underneath them. It should. And we'll look back at North Carolina Central versus South Carolina State on tomorrow. No, Thursday's episode. But in the meantime... I do appreciate you guys for making this your first listen of the day. Thank you sincerely. Um, tomorrow, we'll be back with our HBCU rankings, and we'll have a lot of things. We might talk about – I'm trying to decide when I'll pull this, this topic out, either tomorrow or Thursday, but the idea of what is the SWAC really, the SWAC West to be specific. Is this a battle of good teams or battle of bad teams that are going to make each other look good? It's an interesting premise. I don't know if it's tomorrow or Thursday, but – I guess I got to keep you waiting. You come back tomorrow and you'll see. But I appreciate you. Until next time that we hear each other, family, take care. Stay blessed. Peace.